Howdy. Brian McLaughlin here, the Seahawks fan. Riding solo in this episode, Andrew is out with what sounds like um, the plague. Uh, no thanks. Uh, anyone that's ever done a podcast knows that uh, you sit together in very close quarters and it's the perfect place for germs to get past. So, speaking of passing, though, uh, one of our quarterbacks was named the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. What's up, everybody? Common Ground Football Podcast. Episode number 71. Like I said, I'm riding solo this week. Andrew will hopefully get healthy and uh, get back to us next week. So uh, having kids myself and finding out that uh, basically when you have children, you're making a decision to almost always be sick. So pick it up at babysitter. They pick it up at daycare, pick it up at school. You can't avoid it. So uh, I've been sick more in the last four years since we had our first uh, kid than I've ever been before. So, Andrew, get better, buddy. Um, hopefully we'll see you again next week. Uh, all right, so episode 71, I will, uh, I'll will i do what we normally do, except for I'm sorry I'm not talking to any Cowboys because it's not my team, and I, uh, well, I don't care. I mean, I do, but I don't. So... I will mention the score, and I'll give one little tidbit of info. So and then we'll go through uh, Seahawks, how they did in week two, and um, do my awesome, my bummer. Uh, got some interesting uh, NFL news stories this week, and then uh, I'll preview Seattle hosting uh, New Orleans. We've got the Saints coming to town this week. Dallas is hosting Miami, and it's almost the perfect week for Andrew to be sick because Miami's in the tank. They're purposely tanking, it sounds like. And so, uh, but let's just put it this way. I put Dallas as my, I picked them this week as my eliminator pick. So if you've ever done an eliminator uh, pool, um, every week you have to pick one team to win. And your goal is to make it through all 17 weeks picking a winner. Once you pick that team, you can't pick them again. So you really got to look at the schedule who's playing and pick a team that's pretty much a for sure win that week and be very strategic about it. And I've decided that I guess I can pretty much pick every team that plays Miami. That's a good way to start and, um, and go from there. So I picked, uh, I already New England's already gone, but this week I, I went ahead and looked at the schedule and based on, on who was playing, it was uh, obvious. I picked, I mean, Dallas playing Miami. So it's a perfect week for Andrew to be gone. Really, what do you say about that game? Just keep doing what they're doing, and, and they'll be fine. So, uh, And then uh, I do have – I didn't see anything on the mailbag this week, which is fine. You know, but, you know, some people participate, some don't. But we always got Dennis from Ohio, and he's got a question for me this week. Uh, I'll do my game picks, and then um, we'll move on from there. I do have something cool I want to uh, have you guys participate in in the end. So without further ado – Let's jump right into 
what went down in week two of uh, this already fast-moving NFL season. So week two, uh, like I said, I, I promised you I would we always start with Dallas. So let me start there. Cowboys beat the uh, Washington racial slurs uh, 31 to 21. And my one takeaway from the game was that uh, Dak, Mr. Looking for an extension Prescott there. Uh, he played another great game. So two games in a row. He's uh, he's looking good. So that's my one thing. Um. Redskins aren't that great. And uh yeah, so good for them. They start the season 2 and 0 and Dak looks fantastic. So uh yes, so far so good for both of our teams this season, I got to tell you that. So uh I'll ask Andrew uh when he gets back next week um if he wants to quickly go over that game or not. That's totally up to him. So, but let's jump into the Seahawks. Seahawks went to Pittsburgh and uh they won. I don't know why I sound so surprised. Well, maybe because I am a little bit surprised, but they did win. Uh, 28-26 was the final score. I don't. It wasn't that as close as that was. There was a mistake at the end uh, that got it closer. And uh, on Pete's 68th birthday, he got a win, and uh, it ended up being his 100th win as a Seahawks head coach. So that's a, it's a good day to go ahead and get a W. And I believe, if I remember watching the video, he got the game ball. So that's really cool. Let's go right into it to my awesome, awesome, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, as the guy who thinks he's overpaid and maybe a little overrated. I am more than willing to admit the dude played out of his freaking mind in this game and, uh, 29 to 35 for 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, Completed over 80% of his passes. I was actually 82.9 was the completion percentage to be exact, which is a career high for him. Um, he, especially third, fourth quarter, he, he turned into a whole, a, a completely different gear, basically. And there were some reasons behind that, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, I got to give some more credits elsewhere. But um, you can't watch that game and look at his numbers and what went down and not go holy crap um that that's a unbelievable performance so uh i've said it a million times yes i'm not the biggest russell wilson fan however i am a russell wilson fan i'm just not as big as everyone else is but what he did in pittsburgh on sunday was special i'm not afraid to admit that uh i was jumping up and down uh, he just it looked different and it looked great and and what else, I mean what else can you say it was it was awesome so I'll just move right on to my bummer bummer uh <laughs> the offensive line was extremely offensive <laughs> that, that's a terrible joke uh even though Russell had a uh what I would consider a brilliant game um his line didn't for the second straight week uh, and I continue to wonder where all the progress made last season. Where did it go? Uh, Afedi's a joke. He needs to just go away. I'm tired of him. His penalties. I'm tired of just everything. Afedi. Just please, if they extend that guy, I'd be shocked, pissed off, uh, and not a very happy Seahawks fan. So just 
Obviously, he's got to finish out the year unless you find somebody to replace him, but just, just, he needs to just go away. Russell was sacked four times, not to mention getting hit six times, uh, one of which was a just a, a terrible helmet to helmet that wasn't a non call. They didn't call it, it was blatant. And, uh, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, honestly, I'm just, as a, as a fan, I'm, pretty disappointed in what seems like it you know does the famous you know you take a step forward and you take two steps back this team has taken absolutely two step the offensive line anyway not the whole team offensive line has taken two steps back after one giant step forward last season uh they need to protect better and they need to do it quick russell's been lucky to stay healthy but who knows how long that's going to last uh he him and tom brady um are are both freaks of nature when it comes to being able to stay healthy i mean russell had that that high ankle sprain that one time and tom's had his injuries here and there but tom at 42 it looks like he's in his 20s late 20s russell despite getting pounded into the turf um four times and then he still gets up and, and there he goes he's he's good so uh but eventually one day a hit's going to hit him the right way and that luck's going to run out so if you want to talk about something they need to improve on immediately it's protecting him uh especially with what we just saw what he is capable of doing can you imagine what he could do if he was protected better and wasn't running for his life if he was able to just uh you know stand in the pocket and throw or move around but even when he moves around i mean the the defensive line is already back there in two seconds i mean so fast so uh that that definitely was my bummer and i'm hoping with what we saw last year with solari's coaching what they were able to do maybe he can turn it around um but it it doesn't look great to start uh let's the rest of the game um i mean if you watched it you you know how it went down i mean the first quarter looked like it was going to be a defensive battle uh both teams exchanging sacks and then carson i mean the dude's a stud but two fumbles in this game and uh his first one was there in the first quarter uh and then it looked like the defense was going to go with a little bend but don't break and uh then penalties have already started to hurt this team immensely uh kendricks had a, a a pass interference call and then that drive stayed alive and and steelers went ahead and scored first um in the second quarter and uh give the seahawks credit though they answered um they went to pick a field uh, field goal and the steelers had a penalty which then gave you know seahawks some new life wilson found uh, our new stud tight end will uh disley who is uh you know husky he's he's a stud he's fantastic and i can only imagine if he had not gotten hurt last year what what kind of a season what kind of a rookie season he would have had and uh, he's making up for lost time now already and uh, he ended up with two for the game so um that was of course the first time that seahawks had scored in pittsburgh since 1999 which of course you heard all week long leading up to the game how oh well they haven't scored the touchdown there since 99 yeah well they took care of that and we move on uh so they ended the half first half down 10-7 and i tell you what if you'd have told me that before the game i'd have been ecstatic i'd have been jumping up and down hell yeah that's that's fine you went down to pittsburgh 10-7 uh great um 
third quarter started and you noticed if you were watching the game on tv um towards the end of that first half they started showing ben roethlisberger steelers quarterback he'd throw the ball and he would grab for his elbow or his his forearm a little bit and of course that was a concern and then he ended up after their last series of the half he ended up going back to the locker room early and then when they came out of the half he was done out for the game so uh mason rudolph who's their backup uh he came out there and 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 on his very first drive didn't do great i mean it was wonderful for seahawks so you got bmac uh bradley mcdougall over there he uh was a nice tip pass he made a, a fantastic diving uh catch for the interception that's the seahawks first interception of the season uh great play just an awesome play and for once they actually uh took advantage of it and russell led them right down the field and another touchdown pass to disley and and so uh, that's when you started seeing russell like something was different there you started seeing him uh, again it wasn't just russell i guess i'll talk about it now but we think back let's go back in time let's think about when um the cowboys playoff game last year and the one thing that pissed us all off if you're going to lose totally fine but lose while obviously trying to win and there were no adjustments made in that game what they were trying to do wasn't working dallas had a great game plan and instead of making adjustments schottenheimer and carroll just stuck with what you know oh well we're a run first team this is what we do and had they made adjustments it could have been a different game different outcome who knows so fast forward to this sunday in pittsburgh and what they were trying to do wasn't working so russell was getting lots of pressure in his face he was sacked four times it was it it wasn't pretty and what they do they actually made i i they made adjustments i'll give schottenheimer credit whether it was schottenheimer making the adjustments or carol telling him to and then he did or whatever they changed up what they were doing that's the bottom line they changed up what they were doing so they went from uh mainly run first to just letting wilson free like I mean, letting him do what he can do what's possible for him being this so-called elite quarterback and it went from okay well what you're calling now on his pass plays are he's dropping back and they're they're long developing routes for the receivers well, he doesn't have time for that by the time that it's time for him to throw the ball he's getting thrown into the turf by the, the defense so what they do they changed up they went quick the amount of time that that russell would get the ball and immediately throw it it was just quick stuff that you see other offenses do that you wish the seahawks would do more of you finally saw it lots of quick passes his that touch second touchdown pass to disley was like I didn't even follow the ball. I couldn't believe how fast he threw it. I'm watching it going, wait, 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 where did, where did it, I mean, it just, he was, it was that quick in his hands and out of his hands. And it was a thing of beauty. So I give, I'm a critic of Brian Schottenheimer, not as bad a critic as I was of Daryl Bevel. Um, but only because I just don't, I think that they're wasting, uh, a quarterback's talent. Um, if you want to be run first, that's totally fine. You got Carson's a great running back. Um, you got other talent behind him, but you've got weapons and receivers, a weapon at tight end, 
and you got Russell frickin' Wilson as your quarterback, and yet you waste him. So uh, that's where I'm critical of him. But in this game, he didn't completely change what they were doing, and it it worked. And you saw a what is obviously considered an elite quarterback performance out of Russell in that second half. So Pittsburgh wasn't out of it. Uh, he they uh, <laughs> second week in a row. Seahawks defense got fooled by a flea flicker and um, luckily they got fooled by it long pass but they held him to a field goal and I'll take that every single time um, three points is not seven points so if I mean I'm not very good at math but I'm, I'm I think that's less so um, then I mean the Hawks then had a seven play 75 yard drive which ended on a, a penny touchdown run with Wilson being the lead blocker it's always funny to watch because he it's almost like Wilson loves being that lead blocker because he'll get out there and he's he's he almost looked excited like ooh I get to block, and uh, it was really funny because I had just tweeted. Very, it wasn't too far, bef- too much before that run, because Penny wasn't doing much. Every time they gave the ball to Penny, it, he wasn't doing anything, and and you're sitting there wondering like where's Carson? What what are they doing? And so I think I tweeted something like, uh, why do we even have Penny? you know we've got something like that like why is penny even on this roster or whatever and and it was right after i tweeted that he runs for a 37 yard touchdown win and he made a he made a uh a a heck of a move right at the line to move out and that's where russell saw what was happening and and ended up running block for him and right in the end zone he went and so i of course quoted that tweet and said oh yeah that's why I felt like an idiot so but hey if, if that's what it takes I'll do that every time if I have to trash a player and then something good happens that's cool that's the way it's going to work um, so then we get to the fourth quarter and what saved this game honestly uh, from being closer um, or being even more contested I guess uh, we've seen Pete throw the flag for some P, uh, some DPI calls and uh, he hasn't won them yet and he made some questionable, um, you know, clock management, and and he th- and just he's not the best when it comes to throwing the challenge flag, and then clock management in general. Um, however, there was a pass to Tyler Lockett that was broken up, and it looked like initially that there was some, uh, you know, possible pass interference that wasn't called, and so this is the first time we I've seen. You know, they throw the flag on the non-call, asking for them to review it to see if it was, in fact, pass interference. Normally what we're seeing is it's called pass interference, and then they throw the flag hoping that they can, with this new rule, hoping that they can get it reversed and, and said that, no, that's not pass interference. And and honestly, the league has actually done a very good job. They made it very clear to these guys what is what the rule is. And if it's, a, if it's called pass interference on the field, the amount of evidence to turn it or to, to reverse it is 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 it's it's black and white it, i mean there has to be indisputable evidence and so we haven't seen a lot of that you haven't seen any of that on the seahawks side of things pete's challenged it and hasn't won any of them and and that's that's the league made that clear it was going to be and that's okay i'm i'm honestly fine with that it's the ones that are missed it's the ones like in new orleans where it was blatant pass interference and it wasn't called if this rule had been in effect then and of course that's the play and why this rule came into effect had that rule been in effect then and, and Sean Payton would have thrown that fly, that would have been 
uh, an easy call. I would have said, oh, yeah, definitely pass interference. So on this one, Pete throws the flag. You have the broadcasters. You have their rules experts. You have people, the media on Twitter. Everyone kind of saying the same thing like, uh, I mean, there's a little bit here and there, but I don't see how they could possibly call that defensive pass interference. And holy crap, they did. And so instead of it being the, you know, the, the, the drive being over, uh, they get to move all the way down. And then that's where Metcalf, DK Metcalf, who's having a hail of a fantastic rookie season so far in two games. Uh, that was his touchdown catch. And it was kind of cool. He just his to see a rookie receiver. The ball was it was a, a nicely thrown ball, and he bobbled it a little bit, but he was able to to control it and then make sure he got two feet down in that end zone. Uh, that was good to see. And uh, so, any of you doubters out there that said, "Oh, DK is not going to be," it's going to be the Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf show. So you can all shut up. That's what it's going to be. Um, as we get and this offense gets into more of a rhythm. I take that back. It'll be the Tyra Lockett, DK Metcalf, Will Disley show. It'll be those three. You know, maybe Moore has a catch here and there. You know, whatever. But maybe Ursula gets in there. Um, but no, it'll be those three. You can see that Russell trusts those three. So, uh, and then you had Carson. I don't know what's going on with the fumbles, but he lost another one. So we had two in this game, and uh, Pittsburgh ran it all the way. You thought they ran it all the way back. Um, and they still got a touch. They ended up not, but then they got a touchdown of it anyway. And so all of a sudden the game is a lot closer than it really should have been. Uh, but Russell, <laughs> Russell did a weird thing too. I know you all saw it that watched the game, but he normally, you, it was third and 16 and Russell seems to always know where the first down markers are. Like he is always, you know, when he runs, he's reaching the ball out. He's doing whatever he needs to do. He slid, a yard too soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had never seen him miss like that. He, he literally, he started a slide and, and when you slide with the ball, it's not where you end up. It's where you you start your slide in the first contact, your, your thigh knee, wherever that makes contact with the turf. That's where it was. And he did it a yard short. So it was third and 16 and he went, he ran, he scrambled for 15 yards. And also on that play, I don't even know why he was sliding. Normally Russell would have just dive forward so i'm not it's it was a weird thing but you know they contemplated what they should do and you know you got fourth and one and at that point just go for it and they did and carson they put the ball they you know right back in his hands which they did both times in the game they went right back to him after his fumbles which was great to see put the ball right back in his hands he gets two yards and and ultimately the win so huge win any win on the road is huge any win on the east coast is huge uh, this was a game that most thought they would actually lose, uh, including me. I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. Or I'm not even afraid, afraid to be wrong if it means a Seahawk victory. Never afraid of that. Uh, I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers would blow them away. Uh, I just I just did. And when I looked at the schedule to start the year, I was hoping in the first four games they go two and two. And Pittsburgh was one of the places I thought they'd lose. So um, for them to go out and do that, that I mean, it's just that's awesome so outside of the offensive line there's some defensive questions still in there I, I honestly was crazy impressed with how they did i gave schottenheimer his credit um they're 2-0 for the first time since their super bowl run in 2013 
Uh, is it the same type of team? It's not, but that doesn't mean they can't end up there. Uh, but ultimately, even if they do, it won't be the same formula 100%. Uh, that 2013 team was uh, an amazing defense uh, all the way around, amazing depth on defense. They're going to have to be a little less reliant on the defensive side of the ball and definitely more on Russell's shoulders and more on the offensive side if they want to take this thing the distance. So, but people are talking already. You're seeing talk out there that we're, you know, this team feels different. There's something going on here. We're two games in. Let's calm it down. Um, you know, Andrew and I talk all the time about how you got to get through those first four games, get through that first quarter of the season to really be able to evaluate what your team is. Now, if they go out and they beat New Orleans this week and then they beat Arizona, uh, holy crap. Um, and they start 4-0. Okay, well, then you can start really getting <clears throat> excited, I guess. But let's wait. Um, and then I do have one. Because you know I like to rant and rave. So I did all my raving. I do have one little rant. And that's on the, the hit on Russell Wilson. So I don't remember the defender's name. I had it written down and I lost the, I don't know. Um, but Russell was nailed by one of the Pittsburgh defensive guys and it was you you couldn't get any more obvious helmet to helmet contact hit in the head uh and not at a slow speed he was nailed in the head helmet to helmet and the rest didn't throw a flag the NFL is all about safety 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 and those are the type of plays that absolutely have to be fled i don't care if it was the seahawks quarterback or if it was the steelers quarterback your emphasis is on safety your emphasis is on these helmet to helmet hits you have a guy that is that one of those refs should always be looking at whoever has the ball and in that case is the quarterback and then obviously looking at the even after he throws the ball the quarterback is you know the main part of everyone's team they're the they're the you know they're the glue. Uh, there should be focus on that and someone always looking. And if they get hit in the head, you throw the flag. And I could not believe it that they didn't throw a flag there. And then, of course, the NFL comes back and says, oh, yeah, that was definitely an illegal hit. We should have we should have penalized that. It does no good after the game for you to sit there and go, oh, yeah, well, we should have done that. No, you should do it in the game. Your refs should know. Uh, there's too many other ticky-tack, stupid calls that could go either way. Um, some of the holding calls, all this other crap that in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter as much as what the NFL says it wants, and that's player safety. So less offensive holding calls because those are up this year. How about less of those because there's holding on every freaking play. So how about less of those and more paying attention to the actual thing that you're supposed to be paying attention to, and that's player safety. And if the quarterback gets hit in the head, if any player gets hit in the head, there should be a flag absolutely should be a flag you're lucky russell didn't get hurt because it wasn't a little hit it was a big hit so bullshit and the nfl needs to do better and i hope somebody got their ass chewed out for that because it was ridiculous and that's all i'm going to say about that Uh, nfl news a couple things to go over um Let's see what we got going on here. So uh, the the thing we all knew was going to happen at some point finally did happen. 
and uh, that's Eli Manning and his poor oversized helmet. Um, Giants finally announced that uh, the starting job is going to go to Daniel Jones. And uh, hey, Eli says he's going to finish the season and support the rookie. And this was something that I coming out of training camp, I th- I just I didn't understand it. I mean, just you, if you know you're going to go to to Daniel Jones eventually anyway, that's what you draft him to do. Why wait two games? Why have Eli in there? Is it some sort of victory lap or or goodbye parade for him? He's actually since his Super Bowl, his last Super Bowl win, which was like seven years ago. He's been a terrible quarterback. He's been awful. And yet they stuck with him for way too long. He should have been done a long time ago. But why do you play him in these first two games instead of letting your rookie go out there and and get the experience that he needs? It's already a lost season, basically. So what if your rookie can turn it around? I just I didn't understand it at all. And this whole like waiting thing and and I just I don't get it. So uh, unfortunately for Eli, I mean, I feel bad for him because I mean he knew it was coming, but he's got to go out there and play football. So, uh, but we'll probably be saying goodbye to him and his oversized helmet at the end of the season. I don't imagine he'll go and play. He'll be a backup anywhere else. He's just he's he's definitely done. So, um, holy quarterback injuries. This is what's nuts. So. We are two weeks into the season, and it feels like the amount of – I mean, you have injuries every year, but the quarterbacks – we had clavicles last week. We had all sorts of things happen with clavicles. Um, this is what's crazy. So the Jets, you've got Sam Darnold, who's now out with mononucleosis. He's got freaking mono. So he's, like, quarantined as his home. Um can't go anywhere i mean with mono you gotta be real careful uh you know it affects the spleen if he's if he's playing football and his you know something happens with his spleen that's not good so you know and then you, they go to his backup this week and trevor simeon well he gets hurt and he's out for the year with an ankle injury so now they're at the third string which is former wsu quarterback luke falk and so now you got two former wsu quarterbacks uh now playing in luke falk and gardner Minshew. You got Drew Brees. He's out for six to eight weeks with a torn thumb, thumb ligament, which is great news for Seahawks this week. But still, the Saints were a Super Bowl pick. They're my Super Bowl pick, and they're not just mine, but a lot of people's Super Bowl pick. And so he's out for you know six to eight weeks. Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he's the news comes the very next day after playing the Seahawks. He's out for the year. Got a torn UCL. Gonna have surgery. He's done for the year. So, you know, they're, they're Mason Rudolph. They're going to go to their backup. Um, you got quarterbacks like Cam Newton. Cam Newton is obviously hurt. He's not looked like himself. I mean, I can't stand the guy anyway, but he, when I watched the Panthers, he's not even, he, none of his passes are accurate, which is something he used to be able to do. And I may not like the guy, but he was good and he's terrible right now. So obviously health wise, there's something going on there. You got Eli Manning being replaced because he's old. You got uh, Nick Foles is already out. And then you had Andrew Luck retire at the beginning of the year. So basically, you there's like a one in five chance. This is uh, according to SB Nation. There's a one in five chance that your quarterback situation with your team, if you're an NFL fan, is a complete disaster right now. 
And then you have this, the one in five. That's just nuts. And then you have this kind of changing of the guard thing happening unintentionally, basically, because look at the guys that are hurt. Drew Brees, not a young guy anymore. Um, you know, Eli's gone. Uh, you got this, and then all these, you're, you're, you got Tom Brady at 42, and then Russell Wilson in his eighth year. So those are your two, like, older dudes that are performing at, you know, MVP-type levels. And then who else you got out there? You got Patrick Mahomes, year two, well, of starting. You've got, you know, my boy Gardner Minshew, Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're kind of uh, – he's not going to be – Gardner I really love, but, I mean, who are we kidding? He's not going to be like a like a uh, elite – future quarterback dude but it's still cool he's playing but everyone's going to their rookies everyone's going to their futures everyone's going that direction so kind of unintentionally you're having a little changing the guard happening but it's just crazy and so now you're wondering as you go into week three who's going to be the next one and uh kind of scares you just a little bit um other stories out there there's a jalen ramsey story going around and uh uh cornerback Jacksonville Jaguar so it's where he plays now he uh he's asked the team to trade him and um but apparently he's gonna play when you listen to this it'll be tonight so uh Thursday night they're gonna play the Titans and according to uh the Jags coach Doug Marone he is gonna play um but he he wants out he wants to be traded so uh, there's three teams out there that are being named as possible um suitors in a trade and one of them happens to be the seattle seahawks uh but they want a first round pick for him i believe so uh, is he worth a first round pick to i mean they're thinking at least that so it's probably a first round pick and maybe something else the dude's great and he would be awesome here and we need the help that's for sure uh I don't know. That's a tough call. Not like we do that great with our first round picks anyway. So kind of, excuse me, kind of like what Dallas did with Amari Cooper. You know, you trade that first round pick, you get a superstar in Amari Cooper, and who cares you don't have a first round pick? You got Amari Cooper. So I guess if you think he's going to pan out and become a, uh, and, and do well here, go for it. But I mean, just like anything, it's, that's, it's a crapshoot. You have no idea, no clue whatsoever. So, but I tell you what, uh, would I be sad if they did it? Hell no. Uh, I would not. Um, I did have a little bit of Cowboys news. Uh, Andrew's not here, but we talked about it last week and, and the taco, uh, Charlton drama that was going on in Dallas. Uh, today they cut him. So we talked about how he wanted to be, again, another guy that wants to be freed. Get me out of here. Free me. You know, this whole age of players getting to basically control their, their, you know, their destiny and where they want to be by going to social media and bitching. And, and yeah, that's real special. But they did go ahead and cut him. So he's out. Uh, and we'll, we'll ask Andrew about that next week and what that means. But they weren't playing him, and he wanted to be free and go play somewhere else. So, um we know he'll get signed. He'll, he'll get picked up real quick. So, and then one other thing, just because I like to make fun of Tom, well, I'm not making fun of them, but I can't, you know, 
I'm not. A, I can't stand the Patriots. I don't like Tom Brady. I respect Tom Brady for being the you know the goat, whatever. But I just, I don't have to like him, so I can respect him and not like him. I just wanted to point out their schedule. So everyone wants to anoint them, basically give them the trophy. Now they're basically they're two and zero. They've destroyed them both their first opponents. You know, just give them the trophy now. Have you looked at their schedule? Because their schedule is stupid. So they're already two and zero and still have the most ridiculously easy schedule ever. They've already destroyed Pittsburgh and Miami. Miami, of course, is tanking, so that's not going to be hard to do. But in the next six weeks, they get the Jets twice, who are playing their third-string quarterback. They get Buffalo, the Washington Racial Slurs, who the Cowboys just killed, and the Giants, and then the overrated Browns. So their first real test might not even be until week nine against Baltimore. Uh, so I'm not saying the schedule's rigged or anything, but come on. Who did they pay and how much did they pay to get that cakewalk of a schedule? I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying. I'm just saying because that it, it seems a little unfair. You're looking at another season where they could they could start 8-0 going into Baltimore. Um, <laughs> that's just sickening. I just I just want them to be done and to go away, please. Okay, week three. Week three is here. Can't believe it. It's here already. Uh, this, as soon as the season gets rolling, it just it gets rolling. Even Pete Carroll said in his press conference today that uh, he's like, oh, we're just back in this. this all of a sudden, it's week three. You know, the schedule's just moving. We're just at a rapid pace. It just goes and goes and goes. Um, so real quick, Dallas is hosting the Miami Dolphins. Miami is trading away players. Players don't want to be there. You know, they're trying to get Tua in the next draft. And, you know, their future quarterback, future star. They're not even guaranteed to get that pick because the Jets are basically, uh, you know, right on their tail for being the worst team in the league. So you get to watch that battle for the rest of the season because I think the Jets are already done. And uh, I don't think Darnold coming back is going to save them because it's probably not going to be until week five. And if you start the season 0-4, your chances of doing anything are like .01%. It's not happening. Um, So... I will say this, um, Dallas, Dallas fans, if you're still listening to this, I don't know, you probably turned it off as soon as you found out Andrew wasn't going to be here today, but um, don't take Miami for granted. Don't go into the game thinking, oh, well, it's Miami. We're just going to walk all over them. You have a 99.9% chance of absolutely just destroying them. But there's that 1.1% where teams play down to the level of their competition and they end up looking stupid, end up looking silly. And it would look real funny if all of a sudden Miami found themselves in the position to beat the great Dallas Cowboys of 2019. So um, Miami's terrible. They're an awful team, and Dallas should win that game. But, you know, you know what I'm saying, basically. It's, it's the same thing on the, on the Seahawks side of things. So you got New Orleans coming to town. No Drew Brees, okay? Teddy Bridgewater is going to be their quarterback, presumably. They're, they haven't even announced it yet, but... That's their second string quarterback. So it'll be Teddy. Um, and it, it's, it's the exact same thing. Yes, it's a backup quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater at one point was the future in Minnesota. Injuries happen and they move on. He's a good quarterback. He's shown that he can be a good NFL quarterback. And he has weapons in New Orleans. He's got Michael Thomas. He's got one of the best running backs 
who can also catch passes really, really well. You've got in Kamara. So you can't go into that game assuming that it'll be easier just because Drew Brees is out. They're going to put a night, you know, the, the Saints will put together a, uh, because Sean Payton's a pro, just got extended. They're, they'll put together a, a, a great offensive scheme with Bridgewater in mind, who's a lot more mobile than Drew Brees now. He can run. Uh, don't play down to a level thinking, oh, these guys aren't going to be as good. That would be stupid. So I want to see, I want to see an aggressive game. I want to see it on both sides of the ball. Somehow create pressure on Teddy uh, to make sure he makes some mistakes. Didn't do great on putting pressure uh, on Big Ben or Rudolph when he took over in Pittsburgh. Clowney, huge impact in week one. Not so much in week two, and that's because he didn't have a compliment. So they were double teaming him, and it made it really hard for him to get in there. And because you didn't have somebody on the other side, because you had Ziggy inactive again, uh, you couldn't create the pressure. Now, Pete says Ziggy is going to play this week. That changes things. You can't double team them both because then you'll have somebody else up the middle get in there. So they're going to have to pick and choose who they're going to double team. And one of the other guys is going to be able to make something happen. So keep an eye on Clowney. Keep an eye on Ziggy, what they're able to do. Hopefully get into that backfield, wreak some havoc, make him make mistakes. I have said it over and over and over again. The best thing about the Super Bowl teams, the ones that went back-to-back Super Bowls or went to back-to-back Super Bowls, I did not say win, um, was their, their turnovers that they were able to create. And they did that by creating pressure on the quarterbacks and forcing them into stupid mistakes, throwing that ball a little too early, um, getting their hands, you know, just, just creating that pressure. Any team that can do that is successful. And we need to see more of that. And on the other side of the ball, on the offensive side, we got to see the same aggressiveness over there. We got to see a, a game plan from Shoddy that makes sense. And hopefully, if it doesn't work, I, we know what he's going to do. He's going to go run first. That's totally fine. You got Chris Carson. He's a stud. Go for it. If it doesn't work, though, will he be able to then make adjustments again? Or will he stick to it and go, no, we'll run first. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. I want to see aggressiveness. Set Russell free. Let him go. If Carson let Carson have himself a game, but if it isn't working or it's not there, let Russell take over and do what we know he can do. We just saw him do. We just saw him play at an MVP elite level. Let him do that. Please. Um I would have picked at the beginning of the season looking at the schedule, this was one of the losses. So I picked it was a win, loss, loss, win to go two and two. Uh, with Breeze out, anything is possible. And later on when I get my game pick, you'll see what I think. Um, but at home, 12s are going to be super loud. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Coming back from a big East Coast win, uh, I got to imagine it's going to be a hard place to play. Always is a hard place to play for opponents. But we want to see some of that that Seattle like swagger back. Like This team is at two and oh we're hopefully seeing something special so uh it'd be fun to see new orleans come in there and get kind of overwhelmed with what's going on using your backup quarterback and uh yeah yeah so um transactions let's see if they did anything they did add i i they cut jazz ferguson i don't get that i mean they 
I get it. They needed to open up a spot. They have a, their their wide receiver group is deep. They have a lot. Um, but like, I would rather have Jazz Ferguson playing than Jennings. What's Jennings done? Nothing. David Moore apparently is going to be healthy enough to play, but is he? Why? I think Jazz showed us in training camp that he can be something cool, and he's got some talent, but. You know, Pete said today, oh, I hope that we are able to, you know, get him back someday. But some team's going to scoop him up and he'll become a star. I don't know. Well, maybe not a star, but he'll become a good wide receiver in the league. And and we'll just get to look at another one and go, oh, look, could have been here. Uh, but they did add former Niners safety uh, Adrian Colbert to the practice squad. Pete said in his press conference they've had their eye on him for a couple years. And so he's pretty excited to have him um injury wise like i said ziggy they're hoping he plays this week they definitely need him good chance david moore comes back this week uh tedrick thompson and nico thorpe they're not sure about this week you got tedrick's got that uh um hamstring i think nico's is the nico thorpe that's an ankle or something else i had i should have wrote that down anyway both of them are the Pete didn't seem didn't sound too confident about them playing this week. So, um, but uh, Ethan Pochick has a, a stiff neck, but he expects to play. You'll see Puna Ford. He basically told the guys he's playing, and then uh, got a little scared in the Pittsburgh game because Fluker ended up going out with a with an injury. Um, he's expected to play. Thank God. Uh, we don't need any more offensive line issues. Uh, we need Fluker in there. So. All in all, it's not too terrible, and we're at that point. We're going to start seeing, you know, these injured guys come back. L.J. Collier played in his first game; he did okay, and Pete expects him to, to you know, get better and better as the weeks go on. He's way behind, so he's got to play catch up a little bit, and uh, but he'll be all right. So, all right, that's my week three preview. It's funny being in here by myself. I feel like I'm talking to myself. It's all good. Um, I did not see any social media mailbag questions. Let me double check real quick to make sure I didn't miss one. But uh, every week, I, it's my fault. I, sh- I posted today. I should have posted yesterday. I know you're tired of my excuses, but uh, um, every week, hopefully on Tuesdays, um, on Twitter, we'll post that we're looking for questions for um, – our podcast anything seahawks related cowboys related nfl related even star wars related uh reply with your questions and we'll hit them up in the show and uh oh hey we did get one uh lee walker uh on twitter which is at common ground fbp uh is it just me or is there an unbelievably high amount of penalties being called thoughts on the new pi challenges i kind of hit hit this a little bit already um it does seem like there are a ridiculous amount of penalties um the nfl i guess is making an emphasis on offensive holding because we're seeing more of those um i don't know if like last year we we talked about how there's holding on every play and if you're going to call it it better be like obscene holding Um, otherwise you better throw a a flag on every play and and this year it feels like Maybe because I, my team, the Seahawks, are incredibly undisciplined and always have it under Pete Carroll and are always a highly penalized team. But, yes, I feel like we're seeing a ridiculous amount of flags. It hurts the sport. It drives me crazy. 
let them play unless the foul is egregious and a oh crap we have to call that just i mean just let them play because it it delays the game it slows it down uh, it just it drives me crazy and thoughts on the pi challenges i mean so far it's 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 worked um like i said before if it's if they're calling pass interference on the field and the coach is challenging it i haven't seen one overturned yet that way um we did see pete do the other way which was cool and that's really what we wanted to see as fans when it's missed um but the nfl made the rule such that i mean it it has to be pretty obvious that it was not for them to reverse it so um will it become a a permanent rule because remember this is just a one-year trial thing i kind of hope so it hasn't really to me it hasn't delayed anything or made the game it's not as bad as the ridiculous every other play holding or or you know blocks in the back all the time i you know it's you only get you know so many of them a game one a game if you or two a game if one per half if you if you're successful um i like it personally i don't know what andrew thinks we can ask him next week but um i actually don't mind it at all and those ones are okay stop calling offensive holding though good god all right dennis from ohio i'm sure has a fantastic question for us as he always does let's see what he's got to say in this week's dennis from ohio segment i need to get a theme song for him hey guys what's up Dennis from Ohio here with my weekly question. My question, and this is for either one of you guys, with the class of 2004 quarterbacks, Big Ben going down with an injury, Eli Manning, well, he just has been sucking the last few years. And after watching Phillip Rivers on Sunday, I'm pretty sure he's headed in the same direction. Do you think that Big Ben and Eli should just hang it up and retire because Roethlisberger's already said he's going to try to make a comeback? And I think Philip Rivers is only playing because he's got to support his 97 kids or however many he has. What are your thoughts on those guys? Are they going to be in the Hall of Fame? I believe they will be, but you think they should just hang it up or continue on and try to make a comeback? Also, my 49ers are 2-0. Woo! Excited about that. That's half their win total from last year. So I'm super excited <laughs> about that. Hopefully we'll be 3-0 after this week. Great till last week. Stay buttery smooth. Have a good day. Go Niners. So normally I listen to those ahead of time, and um, and they're always a surprise for Andrew. I don't let him listen to them. And then um, so I know, and I'll do a little bit of prep on it, but so that, that little podcast secret there. Um, however, when I found out Andrew wasn't going to be here, I decided not to listen to it. So I loaded it up and that was the first time I'd heard it. So luckily it was something that I, I can kind of talk about. Would have been bad if it was something I needed to prep for. Um, do I think that big Ben and Eli should hang it up? Um, yeah, Roethlisberger seems to think he's going to come back and have a kick-ass 2020. Okay uh whatever buddy i guess eli should absolutely retire uh i don't it's probably a pride thing and 
and and all that but you're 38 you're not Tom Brady and I just don't see him getting a job elsewhere he's not going to be a starter anywhere else and you think Eli Manning wants to go be a backup somewhere I don't so in the end go ahead you might as well retire just be done with it because of his two Super Bowl rings he's probably going in the Hall of Fame do I think he should be there hell no I don't those Super Bowls those are his only uh bit I mean yeah they're the biggest thing you can get but that's all he's got really and he hasn't been great for the last seven years post the last win he's been god awful um but yeah it probably will go in the hall of fame roethlisberger also two trophies uh, yeah he'll probably go in the hall of fame i i guess but i haven't seen you haven't seen elite big ben either for a while so um that's kind of a, a sticky situation i don't know uh philip rivers <laughs> dennis you're wrong it's 98 kids not 97 get it right buddy um yeah he's probably playing because he needs the money uh i it's it's no secret both andrew and i can't stand philip rivers yeah I, I just he just drives me nuts i don't know if he's a hall of famer he might be probably not i mean what do i know but um i think that you have for all these older quarterbacks you have you have a weird example in front of you because you're all playing in an era where you've seen and you're now still watching a player like Tom Brady at 42 play competitive football, look good doing it. And yeah, I mean, can Tom throw the ball as far as he used to be? No, no, he cannot. However, the dude takes care of himself. He's healthy. And, and he, he just, they, they adjust the game to his skill set and so you have players like Eli and Ben and Philip Rivers and all these older guys that kind of probably sit there and go, well, if he can do it, he's Eli's he's four years younger. He's just not as good and it's okay. You can, you don't have to be, you know, if you had a bunch of, of goats in the league, that'd be no fun. So then you got Tom Brady. He's, he's the greatest of all time, I guess. Of course, when you play in a division that's garbage every single year, yeah, you're going to win the division every year. And all you got to do is get to the playoffs. Anything can happen after that. But that's a whole another subject for a, a whole different podcast episode. But um, that's a good question, Dennis. That's a really good question. I, I might actually keep that one and ask Andrew next week because I'd like his opinion. He's way more football smart than me. And uh, he, he might have a different opinion than me. So, um but yeah, uh, again, if you want to be part of the show, get your questions in just on Twitter at Common Ground FBP. Look for the post uh, every week for the mailbag and reply with your questions. Like I said, anything Cowboys, Seahawks, NFL, or even Star Wars related, uh, ask the question and and be part of the show. We'd love to uh, get you involved and we love answering all of your questions. So, um, all right. See, so far, so good. It's not too bad when I have to do this by myself. Uh, I miss I miss Andrew, though. He's just, he's so much smarter than me. Um, all right. Well, you know what it's time for. Winning. 
Uh, Andrew's not here to do game picks. However, if you are part of our uh, picks game pick them on ESPN Fantasy, um, you can go on there and um, see what his picks are. I'll make sure to remind him. Hopefully, he's put them in. Uh, last week, I completely screwed up and forgot to put mine in until almost the first half of the games on Sunday were done. So I got like two points. It's god awful. So even though I picked them on the podcast episode, I now have a 37%. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not good. I'm ranked 401,000. I don't think that's very good. So um, there's always a chance. So if you want to get on the group, get in there. Um, all right, so let's go through the league and get my picks uh, real quick, and then I'll have Andrew post his on Twitter. Uh, you can find him at, at Andrew Guzman CGP. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Titans are going to Jacksonville to play the Jags. Uh, Gardner Minshew is going to have himself a hell of a game, and uh, we can see him. Uh, he's going he's gonna to get their first win. So I got the Jags on that one. Uh, Atlanta at Indianapolis. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts. Bengals at Buffalo. I'm going to take the Bills. Dolphins at Cowboys. I mean, come on. I mean, the Cowboys. I could see – you want to talk about uh, Dak having a good game and an offensive explosion. That's the game you're going to see like 50 to nothing. I mean, it's just going to be stupid. Uh, Packers are hosting the Broncos. I got the Packers in that. Um, Lions are going to Philadelphia. That's going to be the Eagles. Ravens are going to go visit the Chiefs. That's going to be a good game right there. You got 2-0 Chiefs, 2-0 Ravens. Uh, but I just think Patrick Mahomes is just he's just that much better, and he he's the X factor there. So I got the Chiefs. Uh, Raiders at Vikings. I'll take Minnesota. The poopy Jets with their third-string quarterback playing the Patriots in Foxborough, no less. Uh, come on. That's, that's the Patriots all the way. Uh, Giants are going to play in Tampa Bay. I got the Buccaneers there. Uh, Carolina in Arizona, uh, Arizona's gonna get their first win, uh, saints visiting Seattle. I'll give that pick at the end of the show Steelers. Um, no big Ben. They're heading to San Francisco. Like Dennis said, they're two and um, the NFC West outside of Arizona, pretty damn good division. Let me tell you what, um, Niners, I'll take them in that game. Jimmy Grapp's going to have a good game. I might start them on my fantasy team. I should probably think about that uh texans going to lack gonna go down to play the chargers i got the chargers in that rams going to the browns browns have been overhyped obviously they're not as good as we all thought they were however for some weird reason i'm picking them probably the stupidest pick of the week and i have no chance but i something tells me to pick them so i'm taking the browns to beat the rams and i don't know why uh and then chicago uh, is going to the nation's capital to play the racial slurs and i've got dot bears in that game so winning all right before i close this thing out i want to thank you all for on two things one please if you're an apple podcast listener please when you're listening to our show take two seconds and leave us a give us some five stars and leave us a review. Um, help us grow. We're, we can't thank you enough for all the support um, in this little show. And just we love all of our listeners. And and thank you so much for everything. Help us grow. Help us get bigger. Um, and you can do that by leaving us a review. So if you have already, thank you so much. If you have not, 
please take the time to do it. It, it doesn't take very long. And uh, give us five stars, four stars, however many stars you want to give us, really. And then and then I still review. Whether it's good or bad, I'll, t- I'll take either one. Um, and then don't forget, um, we are now on YouTube. You can find us, Common Ground Football Podcast. We have our own YouTube channel. I'm going to post um, every episode we do. I'll just It's a little graphic. And so there's another just another option for you to actually listen to the show. So if you're at work and you want to have YouTube up in the background and listen to us, you can do it that way. And then we'll start posting some fun videos on there. Um, we're going to do another photo shoot here pretty soon uh, to get our 2019 photos done. We're, we, we've use the crap out of our first load. And so we'll probably post some funny videos from that photo shoot because outside of just sitting here doing our show, Andrew and I are, are big dorks. So we're just, we'll go out and just have fun. So, and then I, I kind of want to do something with Dennis from Ohio. So Dennis, I know you're listening. Got to figure out something to do with you and, and get the fans to fall in love with you even more. So, cause you're an integral part of the show now. And uh, so yeah, check us out on YouTube subscribe and uh and share and enjoy that just another option basically and uh and but you can listen to us we're available or you know across the podcast world and uh pretty much every single provider out there we're we're part of so um all right uh one more thing this is for both cowboys fans and seahawks fans the nfl we know it's the NFL. It's 100th season, so they're doing a big NFL 100 campaign. NFL.com right now. Part of that campaign is all 32 teams are asking fans of their team to help them pick the most memorable play in your team's history. So go to NFL.com and get on there and vote. So I didn't even know this was going on until today, and I happened to be on there and I checked out. Uh, what plays they have on there for this for the Seahawks? So they're picking like four plays. You can go on, read the stories behind the plays, and actually watch the highlight of it. And uh, it's kind of fun. And so, uh, like the Seahawks, I could probably like if we had an ability to have you call in right now and guess. I could I could probably I would assume that most of you most of excuse me wow hot mic most fans out there would probably be able to guess three of the four um i know i i was not surprised at all by three of the four the fourth one was you know before my time so um it uh it it, i i wouldn't have known that however um trying to find dallas's here as i talk about seahawks are real easy though so um beastquake from 2010 we got the tip in the 2013 season that took them to their first Super Bowl and then the win. Um, and then the Jermaine Curse touchdown in overtime in the NFC Championship the following year in the uh, 2014 season. And um, and then the, the last one. So here, let me let me grab this real quick. It was a, a hit. A Steve Largent hit. So it was a pass to him and it was intercepted. And in the run back, you you see him just absolutely destroy um the, the guy that intercepted the ball. I mean, absolutely destroy him. 
And again, before my time. So uh, I, I didn't even know that it happened. And still, for all you out there laughing, going, oh, look at the 12 who has just become a fan after 2012. Shut up. Um, for crying out loud. I, you're talking about a play that was uh, 1988. I was four years old. So I don't remember. But December 11th, 1988, uh, Steve Larchin's hit. The video is on there. I, watching the video is crazy. So um check that out so as fans you can uh go online to the website of your team so go to dallas's website um go to seahawks website they should have a link right there go vote it's just something fun um be part of you know making a decision on what the greatest play um in your franchise history is um all right last but not least as always we pick the winners of our own games and then we get the hell out of here. So thank you very much for indulging me and uh, listening to the show, even though it's just me and not my uh, my partner in crime here. So but without further ado, like I said before, I thought that this game on the schedule was going to be a loss. I don't think that now. And not just because Drew Brees is hurt, but because of what I've seen the first two weeks, a very resilient team. Something You got something cooking here. You got something cool going on. I will go ahead and pick the Seahawks to win. Score-wise, though, I will go... It's going to be close. I'll go 28... No, 30-28. That close. I still don't have 100% confidence in the defense. I think Bridgewater will go out there and do some things. But I think Russell Wilson will be the difference maker again, and, and and they'll be able to do something just enough to get just the edge and win at home and go 3-0, which would be freaking sweet. Winning! Uh, Dallas, by the way, even though, like I said, Dallas is going to win. So if I was, if Andrew was here, I guarantee you, he would pick Dallas to win without hesitation. And his score would probably be like 58 to to three. Give him a field goal, I guess. Something like that. Winning. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Andrew will hopefully be back next week. And uh, until then, go Hawks. And I'll see you next time. (laughs) 